talked about resolutions. I am always looking to improve my health. So last year I got really into fitness and running. Um, and I'm going to run another half marathon this year and a marathon if I can. Oh, man. I mean, I feel like lots of people um, try to do things to improve their health for New Year's resolutions. Exercising more, eating healthier. Maybe uh, some of our listeners are trying to quit smoking. Don't try e-cigs. They are not going to help. So e-cigs have been in the news a lot recently due to e-cigarette-related deaths, controversy over who should be able to buy e-cigs, and the discovery of vitamin E acetate being one of the links of e-cig-related death. What? Vitamin E acetate? That sounds like it's good for me. It does. It says vitamin. (laughs) So you may remember last year we did a YouTube video on e-cigarettes, and we just thought we should do a quick recap of that video before we get into all the new developments. So if you're not familiar with the newest, trendiest, young person, hip, cool thing, e-cigarettes are battery-operated devices that are attached to the little tanks. And these tanks have carrier liquid, flavorings, and nicotine in them. And what the e-cig does is it's basically a little machine that heats this liquid up to high temperatures, which causes the liquid to aerosolize into a vapor. And then you smoke this vapor. And part of the attraction of e-cigs is that there's many different flavors that people can get for e-cigs. There's like, I think you can do banana, cinnamon, peppermint, and you can even get marijuana e-cigs now. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> if you like a flavor, you can make it into an e-cig. These are different from cigarettes. You know that cigarettes burn tobacco, and you have to smoke that. Um, also, tobacco can't have these flavorings, but maybe with the exception of they make menthol um, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these e-cigarettes are a lot more attractive to people because they have the options of all these flavorings. Research is being conducted where cells or mice are exposed to e-cig vapors and scientists can then measure how vaping affects the cells. A lot of times they'll use airway cells because that's what's going to be exposed to the e-cig vapor. In our video, we talked to Yale Escobar, an e-cig researcher in the lab of Iona Jaspers, and they study how vaping affects lung epithelial cells. Right. I mean, I feel like when you hear vapor, that doesn't sound harmful compared to cigarette smoke and the tar that coats your lungs. However, the Jasper's lab has actually shown that these flavorings in the vapor can prevent your airway cells from sweeping mucus through your lungs. Like normally the cells that line um, your trachea have these cilia, which are finger-like projections, and they're pushing all the bad things that you might be breathing in, bacteria, etc. But the flavorings can stop these cilia from being able to move. So the big kicker with e-cigs is that they've been toted as a way to get off of cigarettes. But not many people know, but some of the e-cigarette pods have as much nicotine in them as one whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah, people are shocked to hear that. I mean, um, Jael and I do some outreach from the DNA Day program where we go to high schools. And this year we talked about some of her research. And they're, you know, students in that classroom that use Juul that didn't realize each pod has the same amount of nicotine as a whole pack of cigarettes. That's that's crazy when you think about it. And it's so sad, too, considering that these kids are doing this thinking that it's fine and they have no idea. And there's not even that much research that's been done on e-cigs yet. But everyone's buying them. Everyone's promoting them. 
and no one has learned from the smoking past. And obviously we've touched on the flavorings a little bit already, but this is one of the big draws of e-cigarettes compared to traditional cigarettes. And it's why so many teens are, are drawn to them, but we'll get into that a little bit more later in the, in the episode. Now that we know some of the background on e-cigarettes and how they work, let's dive into some of the new science. So in the past few years, more and more people have been having lung and breathing issues due to e-cigarettes with a peak of cases this past September. When you say a peak, uh, how many people do you mean by that? So e-cigs have been around since 2007, but in the past few years, the CDC has started tracking e-cig-related lung illness. And they found that there's been 2,500 people affected by e-cig use lung illness and that this has resulted in 54 deaths just over the past few years. Wow, that's huge, especially considering everyone just thinks they're so safe. (laughs) Clearly they're not. Um, So there's been a huge push to figure out what is going wrong in these individuals that have contracted this illness because the FDA is still in the process of regulating e-cigs. And there are also many illicit liquids that are marketed to teens and young adults in e-cigs. So there's been a huge push by the FDA to figure out what's the cause of this illness in these individuals. Because the FDA is still kind of in the process of regulating these e-cigarettes and many illicit liquids that are marketed to teens. Um, You know, these e-cigs are obviously targeted at teens more than any other age group. So back in November, a study was published where scientists tested 29 patients who had e-cig-related lung injury. Some of these patients reported smoking e-cigs with just nicotine in them, and other patients actually smoked marijuana e-cigs. And what they did is they looked at the 29 samples of lung fluid from these patients, and they found in all 29 of these samples this compound called vitamin E acetate. And... Vitamin E acetate is used as an additive for carrier liquids in e-cigarettes, and it's used as a diluting agent in marijuana-related vape products, so that the sellers don't have to use as much marijuana in their products, specifically THC, which is the psychoactive form of marijuana. So vitamin E acetate is extremely sticky, almost like a honey, so it's thought that it could potentially coat the lungs and prevent the flow of oxygen, which ultimately would lead to inflammation. But it's not exactly known how vitamin E acetate affects the lungs. Ugh, that sounds horrible. I can't believe people want to breathe this sticky stuff into their lungs. No, I mean, just imagine, like, your lungs getting worse and worse over time. Yeah, I, if you walk into these vape shops, too, because Jael um, sometimes will go to pick up supplies for her research. Like, the, the counters are sticky. It's gross. Um, but going back to the study, it's important to note that they actually looked at the patient's lung instead of the liquid itself. So this is an important distinction because by looking at the lung, you can see what the patient is um, absorbing, you know, not just what, because they may inhale some things and exhale them back out. But when you look at the lung tissue, you can see what are we absorbing, what's actually affecting our cells. So vitamin E acetate uh, is actually used safely in other products like body creams, or supplements, but these don't involve inhaling. So since you're inhaling the e-cigarettes, it's a totally different situation. And even though they found vitamin E acetate in all these lung samples, 
it doesn't explain all the vaping-related deaths, and there's still a lot of research that needs to be done, but it's a great step towards educating the public about the potential harms of e-cigarettes and to have people think of, oh, what other ways could this be affecting my body? Right. I mean, I think it's it's still really early, and we're still just starting to understand what effect um, breathing in these vapors are having, and we need to do a lot more work and research to understand that. So the results that we just talked about might actually be surprising to e-cig users since many of the companies that sell these e-cigs or vaping products actually advertise them as safer than traditional cigarettes and some of them even kind of market them as a cessation tool. Really, I'm not If you go to the Juul website, I mean, their mission statement is that like, Juul is developed as a satisfying alternative to cigarettes. Learn more about our mission to improve the lives of the world's one billion adult smokers by eliminating cigarettes. Oh. <laughs> There's definitely some issues with the way that they're advertising. And one of these things companies have not shown is they have not proven that e-cig devices are safe for long-term use or even that they're good cessation tools. From our interview with Jael, we know that individuals that use both e-cigarettes and cigarettes actually smoke more cigarettes and have lower wellness scores and increased chest pains. Beyond this kind of advertising that's based on unfounded claims, um, it's also really concerning that these companies are clearly targeting teenagers. Emma already mentioned that, you know, we talked about the draw of the flavors uh, for young people, but also just the way the product looks. If you look at the Jewel, it's very sleek. Um, you know, it looks like a flash drive, so you could carry it around and people might not even know that this is a vaping device. Are there any protections right now for minors against this kind of advertising? Yeah, so the Federal Trade Commission uh, does kind of monitor marketing like this and they've sent 13 different um, e-cig related companies warning letters that they need to stop um, targeting teens and more recently uh, the Trump administration has actually taken some more concrete action and announced a ban on most flavored e-cigarettes however the administration kind of be began walking this back um, because they were kind of facing political backlash so in response to the announcement of the ban, some conservative voters started this ad campaign called We Vape, We Vote. And this put a lot of pressure on the administration to ease up on the ban. So the final result is that um, the ban will still take place on, on flavored pod cartridges that will go, go into devices like the Jewel, but menthol um, cartridges and tobacco cartridges will still be allowed. And those flavorings will also still be allowed to be used in open tank devices. So these aren't like the, the small, stylish, jewel-like devices. Um, they're a little larger and a little harder to conceal. You can still sell flavoring liquids for those types of devices. But if research came back and showed that the flavorings had kind of the same effect as tobacco and menthol, those could definitely come back for the jewels. And to complicate things even more, ESIG companies are donors to both Democrats and Republicans. And because these companies have a lot of power, they also have a lot of sway in Washington. However, there's one more legislative victory for 2019 uh, beyond the flavoring ban. President Trump also signed a bill that would ban um, the sale of tobacco products to individuals under 21. So this includes 
traditional cigarettes, cigars, uh, e-cig devices, and the cartridges like the Juul. So anything with tobacco in it. So you can look forward to that kicking in in the summer of 2020. Until then, these companies continue to market devices as safe and cessation tools. But clearly from the research that we've talked about today, we know these claims are unfounded. So make sure to always do your own research and, and no, no sloppy, sloppy science. science.